0: episode 70 of Slay-Tanik, their Vercast. I'm Mo from France. And to my west, broadcasting live from Lachaise in Paris, directly next to Jim Morrison's grave. It's Dr. Likwais, what are you doing there, Doc?
1: Um, I was planning on committing some necrophilia with Oscar Wilde later on.
0: Oh, really? You're always there, yes. obviously, of course.
1: Yeah, um, but, um, you know, I... I I can't really do that until I've like scrubbed all the fucking Smiths graffiti off him. Yeah. Um, twats. Uh yeah. So yeah, um, yeah uh, I, I shall. Um, I shall be saving the best for later on. What What's your beef with uh, Smiths fans, Doc? Um, spraying graffiti on Oscar Wilde's grave.
0: Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, just at <laughs> the disrespect of it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Um, is that not enough? <laughs> no, that's enough, Doc. It's a simple question,
0: and he gave a very simple answer. How are you, sir?
1: Um, I'm very well. Good. Uh, I'm 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 out. St- it, it's it's Friday evening, which is always a good time.
0: It is. It is. I've, I've, I've had the work day from hell, Doc. It's been absolutely shocking. Um, my department has twenty people. Eight of them have been off sick. With a with a blight that took me out of action for about three days as well, early in the so I can't grumble because I was off sick as well um, until today. Um, but I, I mean, I, I am in a ferociously bad mood, and I think nothing's going to snap me out of a ferociously bad mood than a than a Hanuman penned Slayer track. What do you reckon, Doc? <laughs> well, um, in
1: that case, I'm kind of glad it isn't a Kerry King one tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be okay. I'll get through it. Um, it's been, it's, it's been, it's just been a, a rough, a rough few days. I, I got taken ill on Sunday evening. Uh, no, 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 no. I got taken ill. Um, Monday at about 10 o'clock. I, I went to work. I started work at five o'clock on Monday morning and I was fine. And I started to feel ill about 10 o'clock. And by half past 10, I said said, said to my gaffer, I've got to go home. I just can't, I can't do this. I've got to go. Um, I then didn't eat anything until four o'clock Wednesday afternoon. Um, So I hadn't eaten, not a scrap of, not a morsel of food passed my lips from about eight o'clock on Sunday to four, four p.m. 8 p.m. Sunday to four p.m. Wednesday, when I, you know, when I managed to kind of to to, to ingest some, some, but just really rudimentary food, so you got bread and butter with a bit of ham, basically. And um, mm. I, I, I was weak as a kitten yesterday, but today I managed. I, I did manage to go to work, even though I was I was still tired, but I could do my job. Um, and but but then because of because of the uh, the number of other people off, it just oh oh. Oh doc, it's only a bit of shopping, but honestly, sometimes it drives you fucking spare. <sighs> <laughs> okay, um, no, I've, got, I've got go on. You done ventilating? Oh, I'm done, I'm all right. No, no video game update, unfortunately, because I've been I've never so much as touched a for phone controller because cause I woke and being sick, uh, can you translate, <laughs> Doc? Can you translate for people that might not understand what I just said?
1: Yeah, uh, Mo didn't so much as touch the Mm. PS4 controller because he was so sick.
0: Correct, that's (laughs) it, yeah. The the doc just uh, Google translated from regular English into into the Black Country. No, from the Black Country dialect into regular English. And and he did it with aplomb, I must say. That was a perfect translation, doc. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, What have we been listening to, doc? Do you want to go first? Yes,
1: so... Up until a little while ago, I've been listening to lots of 50s through 70s exotica, and at the time, I, I, I voiced a concern I had. Um, I regard exotica as being guiltless of being cultural appropriation. I don't think that stuff was stolen from anyone, and I don't think there was any attempt to pass it off as authentic. On the other hand, it's really, really hard to get past the idea that it's a little bit racist. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, in what way, Doc? It,
1: stereotypical images. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you have, al- like, the, the title of every other album seems to have the word savage in it. Okay. Um, and uh, we're supposed to make links between certain parts of the world and a lot of this deriving from the uptight 1950s sexual licentiousness that's equated with third world peoples and primitivism and savagery i need to, i don't think this was done with the intention of oppressing anybody or causing anyone to look to, to be looked down on um any more than any other piece of pulp fiction has ever been um if you the listener have beefs with particular kinds of pulp fiction um, then you're going to have beefs with the nature of particularly 50s exotica. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: I have no problem whatsoever with viewing it through the lens of a different time, um, and it certainly doesn't make me feel problematic listening to it. Um, I've often stroked my chin and thought to myself, but what would it be like if some people from an actual third world country or from one of these places that have been exoticized? Decided to make an apologetic exotica of their own. What would that sound like? Um, and completely by accident, I came across her. Um, shall we listen to it?
0: Yeah. Do, do, do you want to uh, give us the title, Doc?
1: Yeah, uh, this is Cambodian Space Program. Um, so it's really quite recent. It's from only about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the track, uh, I believe, is called Saravan Rat.
0: Um- What I've got queued up here, Doc, is, from the link you sent me, is the full album, Electric Blue Boogaloo. So is that the first track of that album? Yes, it is. Here we go. Let's kick it off. Here we go. That's absolutely majestic.
1: Isn't that delightful? Absolutely Isn't that great. absolutely wonderful? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I just plan on being quiet now and letting that speak for itself.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely marvellous. I t- I tell you what I'm glad about is that they don't use that fucking instrument. I don't know what it's called, but they use it. It's certainly in Vietnamese, uh, traditional Vietnamese music. And I know this because my ex my ex-partner was French-Vietnamese, more Vietnamese than French in many ways, her family. Um, and and like the, uh, the the elders would often gather around and listen to this traditional Vietnamese music, and, they, and, it, and it comprised this instrument that was one fucking string on a piece yes. of wood, and it was <laughs> so hideous to listen to. Oh, but the, the younglings, you know, which, which my partner was one, what they, you know, they were just kind of shivering horror every time they heard it. Yeah.
1: Remember, the whole point of exotica is not. It, it's 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 almost the opposite of world music. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's absolutely not the kind of thing Peter Gabriel and Peter Simon would uh, and, and and Paul Simon would have collected um, sure. on a patronising compilation album in the
0: eighties. Sure. No, um, Iceland is
1: No, uh, you know it, it's it's explicitly not supposed to be in any way authentic or traditional. Yeah, um, and I really like this because it pulls on what I'm assuming are pre- Khmer Rouge Cambodian pop culture traditions. So that that sort of almost ignored period in between. The end of the French occupation um, and the outbreak of the Khmer Rouge in 1976, which almost no one knows anything about. And for obvious reasons, because the events of the late 70s get so much press, no one seems very interested in. Sure. Um, but there evidently was a, what should we say, rock and roll jazz influenced popular culture of some kind all over Southeast Asia.
0: I heard this shit, mate. I spent a good month in Cambodia and I heard this shit being played or similar kind, similar sounding kind of stuff. Yeah. For
2: sure. Um,
1: and I sort of, as you know, I, I have this preoccupation about how if you want to know the real history of a culture, you need to look at the crassest, most forgotten parts of its popular culture.
2: Mm.
0: Um. Yeah, yeah. And listen to that Sting, listen to that Sting and fucking learn a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I mean, if you want to learn something about the history of the North in the in, in 1979, would you listen to The Police or would you listen to, like, one of Sting's albums of 19th century Geordie folk songs that he's mm. been doing recently? Oh. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: yeah, good point, Doc. Doc, that was absolutely splendid i really really enjoyed that um and i expect to hear it in quentin tarantino's next movie That's for sure. well
2: um,
1: look at some of their other albums because some of their albums have got even more reverb on the vocals and really? as such are even better
0: yeah that, that, that was great that, that's, that's already we haven't even gotten into into the slayer track and i already feel cheered let me tell you that <laughs> 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 um, doc I've gone pretty fucking obvious for me, but I can only be true to myself. Um, I've been this week. I've, I've primarily been listening to Dimu Borgia's latest release, which is called. I don't, I don't quite know how to pronounce it. Ionian, I think Ionian is the new best pronunciation I can give you. Um, it's 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 a sprawling like hour and fifteen minute epic of an album. Um, so, are
1: you sure it shouldn't be pronounced Ionian?
0: You, ah, well, well, I mean, you know,
2: uh,
0: ve- very good doc, um, very quick, <laughs> very astute, um, but actually, you know, unusually for an album that length, at no point do I get bored, I think it okay. carries it perfectly, um, I don't think, I don't think there's a fucking note out of place, to be honest, on the album, it could just be Dima second perfect album, Um cool. Which is not bad, considering what I like 11th or 12th. So they're, they're not doing too bad, are they? Oh. Um, so the, the, the cut I'm going to play is their first, Is, is the, I, I think it was the first single of the album, um, which is called Interdimensional Summit. Here we go. Basically, if you go to the Oxford English Dictionary and look up the word bombastic, now there's just a link to go and buy this album from Amazon. That, 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 that's the new definition um, of bombast. I fucking loved him aboard you, Docket, and I don't care. Who knows it? Here's
1: the thing. 12 albums on, and even though this, this that track doesn't sound in the least bit like Morning Palace, 12 sure. albums on, and no, well, probably nine albums on, um, and you can still tell it's but dimmo- they don't sound like anybody and no one quite sounds like them.
0: It's curious, isn't it? yeah but, but, you know because there are, there are lots of bands that have the same elements but 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 no you're right. nobody quite captures the magic the way they do it, it, it's that kind of it, you mentioned it actually with, with one of my previous um what we've been listening to section but I, I played a track from the latest maiden album mm. and you and you asked the question very pertinently. Why doesn't anybody else, why don't any any of the maiden copyists do that Adrian Smith shit basically? Yeah. It's a great question, Doc. Yeah, and I I don't know the answer. Um,
1: I think a really important thing about Dimaborgia is they have a keyboard player who wears a top hat at a jaunty angle. I think (laughs) it's very, very important.
0: Yeah. The the thing is, mate, they, 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 you know, all the orchestration, they pull this shit off live because. These days, normally, they've got a fucking full orchestra on stage with them. (laughs) So, you know, that they can't be accused of uh, being studio band only. Oh, you can do this in the studio and that's fine. Well, yes, we can. Or we could get the National Czech Symphonic Orchestra on stage with us and do it there as well. Doc, I fucking love them so much. What I want to know
1: is... Do all of the orchestral musicians, uh, have? Um, do they all give themselves black metal monikers?
0: Ah, there's a great video. Um, I, I recommend anybody with any interest in Borg you go check it out. But, you know, based on the, the, the bits and bobs that I've played on here, if you weren't already familiar. It's their performance. I think it's 2012 playing uh, Wacken, you know, the big open air festival festival. Um, and I think it's the first time they they started playing with an orchestra. And one of the, the great things about it, doc, is the trombonist in the orchestra is clearly a massive fan because he's just digging the fuck out, of it. and he's just headbanging in time. He know, he knows the shit, man. Yeah, it's absolutely great. It's wonderful. Um, I
1: was thinking if you if you were in that orchestra and, you had, and everyone had to pick a um, a black metal moniker for themselves, yeah. Um, if you played the little violin, you'd yeah. have to call yourself Paganini. Ah, oh, very good. And if you played the great big violin, you'd have to call yourself Hellist. <laughs>
0: oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't Yeah. Not? Yeah. yeah. Or, the, or the even bigger one, you'd be the double ballist, Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Chow time, motherfuckers. Hey, Doc, we haven't mentioned it in a while. What does chow time mean? Do you remember? No. No, you explain to us. Explain, oh, explain it. it to us, Mo. All right. So it's Ciao, C I A O, Le Corrigements, Information Additionnel et les observations. So corrections, additional information, and observation. It's where well, we fucked up in it basically, Doc. Um, yeah,
1: but you see, listeners, it's an Italian acronym whose unit components are French. Correct. And then we speak about it in it, English. And we're using it in an English-speaking podcast. Wow. Because because um, that's just how internationalist and cosmopolitan we are.
0: That is how we roll, I think the kids used to say about 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, here we go. Chat time, motherfuckers. I wasn't sure when the Need for Speed video game franchise started. Turns out it was in... I can't believe this, actually. I'd, I'd have said about 2002. Turns out it was in 1994, long oh. before... 2001's Excellent, The Fast and the Furious. I think I was speculating that Need for Speed was influenced by Fast and the Furious, but no, totally wrong. Mm. Yeah, well predated it. Um, in the Ditto Head episode, the doc confidently claimed that New Day Rising... That's <laughs> a bad had, sign. It had, it had a bad start. Uh, that New Day Rising by Huskadoo. The album clocked in at less than 24 minutes, but was still considered an album. It doesn't, Doc, it's 41 and a half minutes long. And it's brilliant too, by the way, Doc, because I've listened to it. It's fucking awesome. Um, I
1: know it's um, I know it's awesome. Um, I now need to go back and find out which is the one that lasts for less than 21 minutes.
0: Yeah, maybe they've got an EP or, yeah, yeah, or a different album, but it, it ain't that one, Doc. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I am going to suggest that you listen to Zen Arcade next, which is... The, the the fan's choice.
0: Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's on the list then. Here we go. Um, again, in the app, ep, um, I said that about 10% of the US adult population were in prison or had been at some time in their life. It's not true, of course. When I listened back to it, I thought, wow, that, that sounds overblown, doesn't it? I did a bit of digging and, it, and revealed that at any one time, approximately 2.7% of the population of America is in the correctional system, Mm -hmm. either on probation or actually in prison, whilst 5.1% of the adult population will spend some time in the correctional system at some time. So my 10% was a bit off, but even 5% sounds fucking high to me, Doc.
1: When you said 10%, I kind of assumed that summary sentences that were handed out in, for for instance, in, in, in rural counties where you'll be locked up in the police station for two days for public
0: drunkenness or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, 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 unfortunately I didn't know the site, but, but the site gave comparative figures for the UK. That 5.1, that, no, the 2.7% of the population in America in prison that compares to 0.08% of the UK population. Just to give us some, just to give us some perspective there. Wow.
1: And what is this? Is, is 40% of the UK prison population black?
0: Oh, oh well, yeah. I mean they, they, now, we, now, we, now we're drilling down, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good question. Yeah, because I think that was the nature of the conversation, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the Dead Kennedys track that you referenced, Doc, I fought the law. Is a riff on an original by a group called the Bobby Full of Four. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong about anything. This is just clarification. It's just extra information.
1: Um, um, and besides, I thought that the, the I thought the law I was referring to is a Clash track as well. So, double well, child.
0: exactly. So, yeah. So, so this group called the Bobby Full of Four wrote the song in 1965. Mm-hmm. The Dead Kennedys did a riff on it uh, in 1986. In 1986, or, or at least it was released on the 1986 compilation called Play New Roads for Me. And as you just mentioned, Doc, of course, The Clash also did it probably most famously uh, yeah. in 1979. So there we go. There we go. That's I for the law. Um, the Doc speculated. <laughs> it's the Doc again. Hold on. Um, I'm sorry about this, Doc. I'll pick it on you. But, you know. What can I do? <laughs> 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 the, doc, the doc speculated during the divine intervention episode that Lebanese hostage Terry Waite was released from captivity on Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety. Not quite, doc. You were eleven months early. He was actually released on the eighteenth of November, nineteen ninety-one.
1: Okay, you like that, doc. Um, I I knew there was a. Christmas new, Christmas day news thing um, with him in it. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah, uh, what? So, evidently he was, yeah, um, I was 11, that's out. Ma-
0: maybe they were starting, Correct. like, ne- negotiating, um, you know, release or something uh, around that time. Um, and that maybe that's what's in your memory. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last one the doc stated that the line from Circle of Police contemplating rearranging also appeared in the Eurythmic Smash, There Must Be an Angel <laughs> Playing With My Heart, which caused us great mirth. Um, problem is though, Doc, it doesn't. Um, it's not in that track, because I checked it out, because I love that song, so I wanted to listen to it anyway, once you mentioned it, and I was re- listening to the lyrics, reading the lyrics. It ain't in there, Doc. Um, that lyric is not in that song. What more have you have been thinking of?
1: Um, I'll tell you what I was thinking of. Here we go. Um, it's uh, It's a track by Fantastic Plastic Machine, which is... I assumed, was a cover of the Eurythmics track. Ah. Um, Evidently, it's a pastiche, oblique, stroke riff on the Eurythmics track. Very much as I Fought the Law and I Won by the Dick Kennedys is a riff and pastiche on I Fought the Law, open brackets, and the law won,
0: close brackets. There we go. Um, So there is is symmetry.
1: Yes, um, and I will dig that track out for you.
0: There we go. Brilliant. Uh, What's that track called, Doc?
1: I can't even remember.
0: Oh, fair enough. Yeah, so we'll put that in show time next time round. Um, that's it, I think. There we go. Uh, do you want a topic. That would be great. Um, give me a number. Give me a number, good man. Between one and sixteen. Oh, blimey. Um, nine. Number nine. nine. Here we go. Um, okay. Great songs that mention ghosts in the title. Oh, Ghosts and Temple. Um, yeah, I've dropped that on you, Doc. You, you, you've always right. got the hardest, hardest part in, of this particular part of the show.
1: I'm going to say the song Ghosts by Japan.
2: When the room is quiet The daylight almost gone It seems there's something natural Well, I ought to leave but the rain, it never stops And I've no particular place to go Just when I think I'm winning When I've broken every door
0: Talk to us about it. Um, Well,
1: it's a really fantastic example of how far what we loosely call punk rock can evolve from its roots. Um, It's almost nothing but a vocal and a sort of a a, a very heavily affected fretless electric bass. Mm. Um, But even with sort of like no percussion to speak of and no electric guitar to speak of, you can still spot in it a very clear lineage from the coarsest roots of punk rock, yeah. um, and it's really, really fascinating to me, for, for me that you can spot every single step of, the evo- of, of its evolution leading up to it. Mm. Um, you go next, please.
0: Japan. What, what musical style are we talking well,
1: there? they're squarely post-punk. Uh
0: huh. would well, um, they have like a, a track that people would know? Yeah,
1: ghosts. That's the name of the track. Oh, is that
0: is that the one? You, that's their big hit, is it? Yes. Oh, there we go. Thank you, thank you, sir. Um, my my first one. You know, it's a Slayer podcast. It's my favourite Slayer track of all. It's got to be Ghosts of War, hasn't it? You know, there are many, many 10 out of 10 Slayer tracks, but, but non beats Ghosts of War. If, you know, some, somebody asked me the question, why do you love Slayer? You know, play me your favourite track. I'm always going to play them that song. Um, it's got pace. It's got dynamics. It's fucking angry as fuck. The spookiness somehow to the, to, 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 even, even to the blazing fast opening riffs. The callback. to to chemical warfare, I think is ingenious. Um, The the fact that maybe they were planning that in some way, the fact that they chucked that riff away so casually at the end of chemical warfare, almost like they knew they were going to reprise it somewhere down the line. Yeah, it's Ghost of War, that's my first one.
1: Um, I'm next going to nominate Ghost Rider by suicide.
2: Rider, motorcycle hero, yeah, baby, 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 he's looking so cute, sneaking round, round, round in a blue jumpsuit. Who's riding a motorcycle hero?
0: a
1: blazing away. Which is... There's an odd symmetry here because it's from the exact opposite end of the era of punk rock. Um, suicide was sort of an, an, an influence on punk rock as opposed to part of the movement. Um, and the, They've often been called like uh, almost like the, the US corollary to Throbbing Gristle or someone like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, much more performative... Um, much more gay yeah.
2: Um,
1: uh, much more like shiny vinyl and sleaze and smelling of amyl nitrate Mm. Um, Throbbing Gristle sound like Sheffield and Mm. um, Ghost Rider definitely sound like the grimy lower half of Manhattan in the Mm -hmm. mid-1970s I know this scene probably doesn't happen but you can imagine, like, um, a scene in Taxi Driver... You talking to me? ..where a thoroughly disconsolate, Travis Bickle, walks past some sort of underground club on the Lower East Side. Um, if that scene happened, what you would hear coming out of the club would probably be Ghost Rider by suicide.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just just, to give that sense of, like, a, a, city, in, a city in turmoil and dripping in sleaze, basically.
1: Um, yeah, and um, a noise that didn't sound like anything anybody would have heard in, in, in 1975, I don't think.
0: My second choice, Doc. A bit predictable, I suppose. It's Of course I'm going to mention Maiden at some point. It goes to The Navigator. <laughs> Be my favourite Maiden song. I'm, I'm not quite as nailed down on my favourite Maiden track as I am with, with my favourite Slayer track. I do fluctuate. Um, but Ghost of the Navigator is, is, is always like, it's perennially in my, in my top three. Um, I love the atmosphere it evokes. I love that, you know, I think it really captures that sense of, you know, the, the, the adventuring, exploratory days when, you know, people just get into ships and and sail to places that have never been mapped just to explore Mm -hmm. them. I I think the lyrics capture that, but they also bring in that kind of fantastical element and just Bruce's imagination and and, and capacity to paint pictures in your mind with his words. And I'll I'll give you the, um, the, you know, my my favourite little stanza. I see the ghosts of Navigator, but they are lost. As they sail into the sun, as they sail into the sunset, they'll count the cost as their skeletons Accusing emerge from the sea, the sirens on the rocks, they beckon me. I see
2: the ghosts of navigators, but they are lost. As they sail into the sunset, they'll count the cost. As they stand times accusing, emerge from the sea. The sirens of the rocks, they beckon me to my heart and... Oh
0: Bruce. My heart pounds for you, sir. Oh God, oh I love Bruce. <laughs> Doc, go to the Navigator. Bye, Iron Maiden. Awesome.
1: Um, and honestly, now I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. That's can all right, Doc. You, uh, can I ask you to go next to buy me a little time, please?
0: Of course. Yeah, my third one. Um, quite mainstream in a way, I suppose, because it was a big kind of a big player on MTV. Even though the band on especially mainstream, I suppose, uh, like the covaled would say they are, but yeah, most, norm, <laughs> most norms would disagree. It's Her Ghost in the Fog by Cradle of Film. It's off their Midian album. I think it's probably their 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 kind of biggest commercial hit because it was just on constant loop on MTV MTV Two back in the day, which is the oh, the Rock Channel. You know, so you get you get Muse, you get Nirvana, you get Metallica one, and then you get fucking Cradle of Filth. Um, I think <laughs> that's the only time that ever happened. It, and it's just you know it, it's just a it's it, it's typical uh, Cradle of Filth fodder. It's a ghost story, Um, you know, and the the, the, the video is just the, the band playing in this kind of spooky forest setting, covered, bedecked in snow. Danny Filth, you know, pro- presumably standing on some kind of um, crate to make himself look bigger than five <laughs> foot two. <laughs> um, what are you, like, wailing his heart out? I think it's a fucking great song, like, Ghost in the Front. <laughs> People, does it know. does it not even
1: like have any cutaways to a slightly overweight, low rent model with really bad fake boobs covered in blood?
0: Well, she's part of the, she, she's in the band, not she, Doc? Oh, um, I um, lady, uh, uh, lady Sarah, lady
1: Sarah Jezebel Diva, who I think you're talking yeah. about. Um, I don't think she's got bad fake boobs. I I I, I just I just think she's a bit plump.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's plenty of cutaways to her, because she is, I think in the video, she is the ghost in the fog. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to disappoint you, mate. I'm racking my brains. That's all right, Doc. Um, it's a really tough um, game for you, this part. Yeah, um,
1: but considering what I listen to, I can't think of even one more song with the word ghost
0: in the title. Wow, there we go. So I'll um, have, ha- um, have to haunt you, Doc, for the rest of your days. <laughs> Oh, very good. <laughs> I see what you
1: did
2: there. there
0: you go. Um, Don't forget, guys, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at gmail.com. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to part two of the track. Um, here we're going to play the song, as you know, by now, pause it from time to time and chat about it. Today's track is SS3, track seven from Slayer's sixth full-length album, Divine Intervention. Track seven, Doc. That's where we bury a bad song, right? Let's find out. Try right. tempo is it almost i mean this is almost new album isn't it
1: um can you please replay the first 20 seconds of that intro is that possible of course it is. there's so much going on that i want to comment on in there here
0: we go first 20 seconds here we go <laughs> Just give me the older uh, cutthroat That's sign. That's okay.
1: Just the very beginning of that introduction has got so many fascinating things. You weren't wrong when you said no album. That's where the pace comes from. The riff is split into two halves. The back half of the riff is something you could probably really imagine. You could really imagine Saxon playing that.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. That's the didn't, 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 Well, the
1: front half of the riff.
0: Oh, sorry, um, I got it the wrong way around.
1: Yeah, the front half of the riff, I started off by thinking it sounded like something off physical graffiti by Led Zeppelin, and then the penny dropped. And um, what it's really, really like from about this era as well is something like Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction.
0: know it but I don't know by name but I know I know most Jane's Addiction songs when I hear them so obviously
1: what everyone loves about Jane's Addiction is their ability to write a pretty simple riff but yeah. really having an ear really having an ear for um, just an absolutely hypnotic groove that they never feel the need to move away from much mm-hmm. uh, but just gets better and better and better the more you listen to it and the more they play it mm-hmm. Um, so what Slayer have done, they've hit on one of those grooves um, and presumably because of the subject matter or presumably just because they're Slayer, they've done something to actually deliberately stop you getting into it. They, they play the first half of the groove, but instead of allowing it to conclude, then they do something else and they play a saxon riff. That's
0: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if they just looped the first half of it, then that would be kind of a groove you could kind of bop to, wouldn't it?
1: Definitely. But, I mean, but, but they make it like...
0: staccato and, and prevent that happening, don't they?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it would. have I started off by saying James Addiction, but um, Monster Magnet do that kind of thing really well. Cues do that kind of thing really, really, really well.
0: Sure.
1: Um, and at least until the guy opens his mouth, you might even want to say that Witchfinder General do that kind oh, yeah. of thing really well. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a very deliberate intrusion into what you think they were going to do. Mm. Um, then, yeah, then it, it sort of goes on through the best bits of nawabam mm. as as the introduction continues. Well, what do funny, you make of
0: it? Well, it, it it's funny you say that, you know, because I, I think I think the next riff that kicks in and and like the drum pattern almost threatens to be that kind of um, you know bum ba ba bum ba that really annoyed me in, in behind the crooked cross back on south of Evan. yeah but again they kind of it, it they break the back of it again don't they so they, they kind of start with, with with the front part of the riff kind of having that kind of pattern that upbeat pattern but then again they they, they interrupt it so oh you know we, let's all feel upbeat and happy oh no 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 we don't oh no we're up, up. No, no no we're not it's really fucking it's bipolar it? well it
1: it the vibe it gets across is the party's just about to get started and now it's over.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Almost as if the whole thing were a metaphor for, ooh, I don't know, something like um, the fairly liberated by socialist standards Republic of Czechoslovakia being interrupted by a Nazi invasion. Something like that.
0: Something like that, Doc. Yeah, Yeah. something something along those lines. Let's press on. again, and fuck me, Tom's Tom's voice is just fucking
2: perfect here, Doc.
0: Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, I, oof. Uh, you almost don't need to hear me say this, this is the pace and intensity of Slayer that I like the best.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's an easy sell, like I'm, I'm, I'm just there already. Mm. The,
0: the, the, the by slowing down, they, they, they you know they ramp up the heaviness, and and I think at this point in in, in his career, Tom's voice, it's not as, it's not as kind of pure as it was in quotes. Of course, you know anybody listening to me talking about Tom's having like a pure voice might be scoffing, but 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 I think anybody listening to this podcast knows what I'm talking about. Um, like a like a pure. A pure kind of gruffness to his voice that, that, that he got on certainly Hell Rain raining blood, sad of heaven, and into seasons. I, I, I think his voice is starting to starting to starting to suffer the first signs of damage in a way, and it's mm. all to, it's all to the betterment. I think it sounds fucking great. Yeah. Should we
2: press on, Doc? Yes, let's.
0: Almost catchy, isn't it? dog cutting. You can imagine the whole of stadium punching, fighting, G- killing, killing more. more. Yeah, definitely. Blood and bleed some more. You know, it's it's it, 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 um, positively catchy for slang.
1: Definitely. and <laughs>
0: love that little that little kind of almost like staccato and then they just blast off again doc It's it's got fast doesn't it yeah um but how i didn't notice it get fast well it's something i made notes of and i was going to bring it up at the end of the track um in fact in fact i'm going to do that i'm going to i'm going to hold that thought if i may yeah yeah, and and I'll, I'll bring it up at, at the end of the track. That, I will not forget because it's it's in my notes. Here we go. Yeah, and
2: that's all I got.
0: Kerry.
1: That's
0: Jeff. <laughs> oh, oh dear! <laughs> On a daily note, honestly, somebody out there, do us a spreadsheet, will you, and and, and just give us the stats. I, really, I, really, I, I, really, I,
1: really I was I, I was doing well for a little while, but yeah. the, the, the ancient curse has reasserted itself. <laughs> <laughs> That was Kerry. Don't lie. (sighs) That was Kerry. That
0: was. That was (laughs) Kerry. Here we go. We got thirty six seconds left. Let's just play the track out. Here we go. In fact, let's let's listen to the solo again and then blast it from there. guys that was ss3 uh track seven from divine intervention doc it's fucking riotous i love that song so much i'm gonna go i'm gonna be bold it's my favorite track off this album i every time i put this album on that's what i'm waiting to hear i love this song so
1: here's like a bit of a subsection i i I know it's not an official section of the podcast but i I, i'm making it a semi-official subsection of mine what's it like to play
0: uh i don't know strangely even though i love it so much i've never tried to learn it i don't know why i've got no
2: explanation
0: (laughs) no no explanation no logic i've I've never once attempted to play that track
1: if i can offer a preemptive explanation I don't imagine it would be much fun to play by yourself. I, I can imagine as part of the group it would be great fun to play, but I can't yeah. imagine it would be very. It, I can't imagine any of the individual bits would be all that much fun to play by yourself.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Doc. Once it kicks off, once it launches, you know, the, the, the you know those blazing riffs, Every, the, 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 I'm a simple man, Doc. I just like playing fast thrash, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think I dig the fuck out of it. But I've, just ne- I've just never, ever done it. Um, but that brings us on, that fastness does bring, bring us on, you know, brings us back to that point. It just gets fast somewhere, doesn't it? And it's really, really mysterious. It That's starts right. off at this like mid-tempo New Auburn pace. And about halfway in, you suddenly realise, hang on, they're fucking blazing fast now. When did that happen? Um, it, 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 I'm, I'm sure if, if we really, if we went back and really, really concentrated, we'd spot the moment. But it creeps up on you.
1: Yeah. Um, so in preparation for a future, in pre- it, during the album review, during the album review, yeah. we'll spend some time trying to work out where that tra- how that track speeds up Because I'm
0: going to make a note. Doc, I'm going to make a note at the
2: top of the main um, album overview. Listeners, Mo will
1: have edited this by the time we get to this part. But <laughs> if I were a superstitious man, dot dot dot, what I said was twice. If I was some kind of fundamentalist Christian, I might even suggest that the song has a, an evil influence on you or, or, or cast, casts an evil spell on your head, and you don't notice when it speeds up.
0: Fuck okay, it, that's so weird, isn't it? We just had a technical a technical problem there, listener, because. The BBC iPlayer app just started downloading shit in the background and, and, and killed the Zoom connection. So, so the doctor repeated that. That's the third time he said that. Only on the yes. third repetition did I understand. And you know what they're saying, Doc? Don't you? The third repetition brings the beast. Do they? They do. Ah, there we um, go, Doc. There we go.
1: Remind me again how many times do you have to say Candyman?
2: They will say. That I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for if not for shedding? <laughs>
0: That's it. Yeah, you got it. Ha <laughs> ha. Um Doc, it's it's just a fucking it's it's a ball blazing tune. I love the subject matter. Of course we're gonna get onto that um in the next part of the next part of the show. Yeah. The the, the, the the new album intro, the fact that he just turns into this fucking thrash monster by the end of it. And Tom's vocals, Paul's going fucking crazy on the drums, by the way. I think we kind of overlooked uh, Paul a bit on this album. He's absolutely fucking kicking the shit out of that drum kit. Um, and the two guitarists are blazing away. What's not to like, Doc? You tell me.
1: There's absolutely nothing not to like. Yeah. Um, I've got to like, make this point again, I I feel like I've made it a couple of times already, but for Contrition, I feel like, I'm, I don't understand how I could have ignored this album for so long.
0: Well, I think you just kind of went, and you don't normally do this stuff, but I just think you kind of went with the flow. You believed the critics, didn't you? You believed that, you you know, you just believed that if it was done, Slayer were done.
1: Um, I think this is probably the first album that came out when I was already into Slayer. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, believing the hype is is, is the only thing that, that could possibly have happened. Sorry mm-hmm. about that.
0: That's all right, man. That's all right. You know, Tw- twenty eight years later, you know, yeah, we can we can rectify that. No problem at all. And, anything else to say besides the fact that this song is fucking brilliant?
1: Well, yeah, listeners, this is why capital punishment is such a bad idea because. Mm-hmm. If I'd been executed for not liking this album when it came out, I never would have had a chance to redeem myself.
0: There we go. There we go. Yep. It's, uh, you, you, pop that in, pop that on an email to the uh, the, the governor of Texas, Doc. That, that'd be my... Uh... I'll pop
1: it on an email to Kerry King, for sure.
0: <laughs> Do that. Yo, that's a good point. That's a very good point, Doc. Much more pertinent. Um should we move on to the lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to part three of the show, which we call
2: Evil Speak.
0: Here, we're going to go through the lyrics and dissect them. Um, I'll give you the first four, Doc. crown placed on your head, the hangmen of Prague, seven keys to the chamber, surrendered to the God. In fact, I'm going to continue. Hunting, fighting, killing whore, wade through blood and bleed some more. And then they repeat those last four lines. And those five lines, actually, once more. Um, what's going on, Doc? Come on. Now, dear listener, confession time. I think, I think that I know a little bit more than your average bear about the second world war. But this is the doctor's domain. This is Dr. Lee Quesson's time. So let's just sit back and have a fucking history lesson. And let's just <laughs> enjoy it. Come on, Doc, tell us what's going on.
1: Well, I was about oh, no. to say, it's going to be your job during this, this, this section to rein me in because oh, no. I, 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 I could literally go until about four in the morning. Oh, no. Talking about each verse of this song. Yeah. Um, we're in the part of the world that nowadays is called Chechia, until a few years ago was called the Czech Republic, and before that was called Czechoslovakia, and before that was called Bohemia, um, or Bohemia and Moravia. Um, and um, we need to address these first two words, the, the, the ancient crown. Um, to link it to something that Mo knows very well, I'm going to link this corner of North Central Europe Um, sort of mythologically speaking, with the south of France, the Occitan-Languedoc area, Mm -hmm. because they're they're similarly mythologized in their own cultures. Um, Southern France, um, well, we'll start with, Southern France had the, of legend and myth, Knights Templar um, as its central chivalric and heraldic figures. And this corner of central Europe had the Teutonic Knights, the Knights Templar um, have been ascribed with claiming descendancy from um, the, the close comrades of Jesus Christ. The Teutonic Knights claim descendancy from actual Norse gods. So you, you've, you've got parallel mythologies. Um, they're both, through their campaigns and their wars, butted against uh, the Near East and the mysteries thence contained. They both had a sizable Jewish population, um, and for that reason, had science and mathematics practiced at a higher level than there were elsewhere in Europe. Um, at the time, both of these areas came to prominence. So the Languedoc and Bohemia. So at, around about the 12th century, um, Britain, for instance, was in a state of absolute barbarism, just coming out of the Dark Ages. And it wouldn't even begin to practice anything like modern agriculture for another 400 years.
0: Well,
1: can you pin a date on it, Doc, roughly? Um, so uh, we're, we're talking about the year 1200-ish. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. About the time of the First Crusade yeah. um, in Britain, like shortly after the Norman invasion, conversely 300 years into the golden age of Islam. Um, so you've really got some very barbaric cold places kind of still missing the Roman Empire, I think, in many ways. Um, who were about to run into a culture far more sophisticated than their own, um, with everything that that entails,
2: mm-hmm.
1: with literally everything that that entails. Um, the ancient crown, I think, is an explicit reference to the crown of Good King Wenceslas um, of Christmas Carol fame. Sure. <laughs> who I think generally speaking is considered the the founder of the Bohemian monarchy, which persisted in one form. Um, I think you could say, I think you could make the case um, up until the event that led to the outbreak of World War I. Um, I think Archduke Franz Ferdinand um, might have been like at the very end of the ancient Bohemian monarchs. Um, And the, the crown of Bohemia Um, you need to know, you probably need to be from this part of the world to really understand this. And as always, if anyone listening to this can fill me in and help me out, um, I will gleefully and happily sit at the feet and listen to anyone who's more knowledgeable on any subject than I am. The literal, actual, physical object of the crown of Bohemia um, is... mythological thing in its own right you will hear legends connecting it to the actual helmet of Thor Mm um and um as one would expect there's a legend of of, of a lost crown and a quest to recover it and those things merge backwards and forwards into the legends of the holy grail that were appearing at the time um, I don't know this for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if the crown of the ancient kings of Bohemia was one of the occult objects that the Annaneba were were looking for mm-hmm. um, when they were searching for historical artefacts all over Europe. This is a metaphor, obviously. Um, dot, 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 end of chapter one. Chapter two. Hang in a Prague, please, Doc.
0: Um, I don't know what
1: that's a reference to. Ah, okay. Uh-huh. Um, what, what about the
0: uh, seven keys, seven keys to the chamber?
1: Um, I am assuming that this is a reference to the, the seven gates. There are either more or less than seven gates, but there are proverbially seven gates to uh, Hradkani, uh, to Prague Castle, which presumably... Uh, and. We, we keep coming back to the ancient kings of Bohemia and the seat of the ancient kings of Bohemia. Um, Prague Castle was the site of the defenestration of Prague in, I, I want to say, 1620, um, which was the single event that started the Thirty Years' War, of which more later.
0: Defenestration. Um, now, that, that, that seems to... Suggest some like I'm thinking the French word fenêtre, like like like, like eliminating the windows in some way, like it blo- means throwing, blo- throwing it someone up, out. Basically, of, it means
1: throwing someone out of a window. Uh,
0: there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the
1: window <laughs> um, reference.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, so, uh, de out of. Yeah. Fenêtre. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Literally refers to throwing someone out of a window. <laughs> um.
0: So really, so so, 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 it, so it, if I if I go to if I get involved in a bar in a bar fight and I chuck someone through through the bar window, I can say that I've defenestrated them. Yeah, uh, what the, brilliant. But- Point number one,
1: that is, the, that, that is the obvious outcome of all bar fights. Yeah, that someone gets slid along the bar and thrown through the window at the end. Yeah, yeah. Second half of your sentence was completely redundant. If you get involved in a bar fight, a defenestration will result. Will
0: occur? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: or if, like our friend Mark, um you get caught in bed with somebody else's bird, a mm. defenestration. Um, on that occasion, it may be an auto
0: defenestration. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. A, p- um, a pantless auto defenestration. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, which, um, since we're talking about European mythology, um, I, I think a pantless, uh, a, a, uh, a sans pantaloon auto defenestration um, is, is the centerpiece of all British comedy. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, it must happen at least once. Yeah, correct. To complete the ritual. And so we've got explicit references here to um, a, someone aspiring to, or an aspiration to, the seat and the position and the crown of the ancient kings of Bohemia. Um, in more mundane prosaic terms, someone who desires to be the rule of
0: Czechoslovakia. And surrendered to the god is, is that the literal God or, or, or uh, yeah it else? absolutely yes it is yeah um, okay
1: this was we're, we're talking about the the place where the first and bloodiest war between Catholics and Protestants okay. happened mm-hmm. um and this is this is relevant this becomes relevant later.
0: And then we've got this hunting, fighting, killing whore. Whitehead would bleed some more. Now, the, uh, most of that is, 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 is self-evident, but the, the whore again, killing whore, not killing whores, yeah, but killing whore. Um, so I presume that's figurative in some way, Doc.
1: Well, um, a, a whore is someone who provides sexual services in exchange for money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a killing whore is someone who one assumes provides killing or extermination services in exchange for money or power um
0: oh, i'm oh, really interested the way you've read that so that's a descriptor of the person being referenced here that is, is like is. a killing machine effectively
1: um or um a reference to um the the horror of babylon from the book of revelation mm-hmm um so um someone who is literally drunk on power riding on the horns of the of, of, of the great beast um mm-hmm. and laughing at the destruction of nations
0: mm-hmm. very good doc anything else to say on this on this opening salvo or um well, this is almost
1: like the the opening crawl to the movie isn't it
0: mm-hmm. that first verse um is is,
1: is is your opening crawl to the movie we're, 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 we're setting the stage here um Back in the mists of time, um, there was an ancient crown, an ancient throne, and an ancient kingdom waiting to be claimed. Yeah. Um, And then in the chorus, we just suddenly get dropped back down to earth into something very, very prosaic. Meet your hero. Sure. Meet the hero of our story. Meet Um, the killing um, whore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, may we introduce uh, Reinhard Heydrich? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, Now... There are good reasons why I don't want to talk about politics this week. Um, and I don't really want to talk about Nazis either. Fortunately, um, this song makes it quite easy for me. Um, a little more about um, the hero of our, uh, our story today. We're not talking about one of those Nazis who makes you stroke each chin. We're not talking about Rommel, who was arguably the most honourable soldier in World War II. We're not talking about, even about Eichmann, who was a perplexing and problematic figure. Um, Eichmann I talk about a lot um, because he's caused a lot of problems for political science scientists with his statement, um, I was only obeying orders. Um, because in the end, it turned out that it, it, that was not a crass piece of evasion. Um, for him trying to um, get away from being executed. Um, He meant it. He really actually meant it. And that was the first time that political science really had to reckon with the fact that the way that totalitarian regimes work is not that they're personality cults ruled by monsters. They're a great big machine. Um, Eichmann was either, depending on your point of view, smart or cowardly enough to realise that if he would protested any of the things that he would have expected to do, he and his family would have been would have been put in a concentration camp, and they'd have found somebody else.
0: But the name Eichmann sounds Jewish, doc. Is it? Well, there were, there were a lot of people who
1: hid their identity. Yeah, there were a lot of people who hid their identity. You,
0: um, you get what I'm saying? Eichmann had, 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 yeah. has a has a whiff of the Jew about it, doesn't it?
1: It certainly does. Um, yeah. Certainly, when Eichmann was interrogated by the Israelis, um, they wanted—they they really wanted to find a monster. They mm. really wanted to find a monster to put to a show trial, mm. and all they found was a competent senior manager who, at some of the point in history, would probably have been employed by Bosch or Siemens or Mercedes, um, and. Had a sterling career as a very diligent worker.
0: Um, Am I right that he's considered to be like the architect of the final solution? Um.
1: Well, we'll get onto this right now. Yeah. Um, because Reinhardt um, Reinhardt uh, Reinhard Heydrich, who's the chap we're talking about today, is the closest you're going to get to the monstrous, gleeful, decadent Nazi of legend. Mm. Um he's probably the one person you can identify as the architect of the final solution Mm -hmm. Um, the final solution was was, was named in his honour it was called Operation Mm -hmm. Reinhardt, and it wasn't just the fact that he did it Um, it was the fact that he appeared to go about it with such glee and there's also the fact that um, he appeared to do just fine terrorising innocent civilians or terrorising unarmed civilians, uh, but never did particularly well as a military officer when confronted with anything approaching organised resistance. Mm. Um, by the end of this story, we'll have got to the circumstances surrounding his death um, and the reward in memory um, he got in his death was that uh, Hitler described him as uh, uh, um, as an idiot and
0: a waste of money. Wow. okay. Mm-hmm. Doc, should we press on with the next bunch of uh, bunch of words? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Golden door submits secrets as this nation falls. Atmosphere of deadly terror subservient to all. Hunting, fighting, killing, whore, wade through blood and spill some more. Burning sense of mission, assassination, symbol of oppression. Crusade led from exile, obliteration, sabotaged campaign.
2: So
0: obviously the narrative, the narrative is proceeding here, Doc. Um, Golden Door. That, I, that, that, always wondered, I always
1: wondered if it was a um, a, 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 a mistransliteration or a misunderstanding. Mm. Um, Golden Dawn would make far more sense. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so a reference to one of the many oddball Nazi occult-affiliated um, magical organisations that was yeah. was about at the time.
0: Yeah, because Golden Dawn. There's something in the back of my mind that they were trying to. When they were, not they involved with like I don't know, almost like trying to find ways to reanimate fallen soldiers, so so that the, so that even if the soldiers were killed, they would then come back to life, and, and so you, you could never kind of you, effectively you could never machine gun down. Like a platoon yeah, of German soldiers, because they, they just get back up again and keep fighting.
1: And so, uh, side note, um, Slayer Cosmology match.
0: Wow, eternal war shit. Hello. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, amongst the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn um, were, as the name suggests, um, influenced by the thought of uh, Hermes Trismegamus. Um, so Hermes, the master of three kingdoms, and... Um, It's another one of these links along with the histories of Southern France and the history of Central Europe to the mysterious East, to the (laughs) Golden Age of Islam and its roots in ancient Egypt. Um, They were greatly concerned, the the Golden Dawn were greatly interested in the the literal and not metaphorical reality of ancient Egyptian resurrection techniques. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: I think some of these nut jobs actually thought that the ancient Egyptians had discovered a way through mummification and ossification um, of literally and not figuratively reanimating the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I don't know what link there is between the Golden, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn um, and 1940s Prague. Medieval Prague Um, on into the 19th century was considered a hotbed of Jewish and hermetic mysticism. Um, There's the legend of the golem that everyone knows about. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and Well, of course, anybody that's read Monolith by Sean Hudson knows the the myth of the golem, surely. Well, definitely. Yeah.
1: Probably the earliest iteration of a, a Frankenstein type movie being made, I think, is an 1898 film called The Student of Prague. Wow! Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's 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 this place where, where where weird shit was was known to be carried on or, or, or believed to be carried on, and if if you spend a lot of time there, um, there isn't a city quite like it anywhere on earth, or certainly anywhere that I've ever been. Um, it feels old it feels ancient in a way that I mean not not even Kyoto feels ancient and not even like nowhere else I've ever been quite feels that old Mm, sure um it wouldn't surprise you at all if you were to like surreptitiously go in through the door of a house in one of the small side streets and you'd literally find some medieval alchemist sat there with a skull on his desk and like some full minute of mercury boiling away in a big retort. Sure. It really wouldn't surprise you if you, upon stumbling on that room, if like he had a skeleton on a bench um, and he muttered something to you, presumably in Czech or possibly Yiddish, um, and told you to close the door behind you. And the skeleton got up off the table and started to walk. <laughs> um, it's, it's that kind of place.
0: Um, Presumably he would then inform you that after hours, literally hours of of scientific endeavour, he had cracked the code of alchemy and had created the finest green, surely. Oh,
2: God! This place stinks like a pair of armoured trousers after the Hundred Years War. (laughs) Rick, have you been eating dung again? (laughs) Success! What? After literally an hour's ceaseless searching, I have succeeded in creating gold. Pure gold! Are you sure? Yes, my lord. Behold. Percy, it's green. <laughs> That's right, my lord. Yes, Percy, I don't want to be pedantic or anything, but the colour of gold
0: is gold. That's why it's called gold. What you have discovered, if it
2: has a name, is some... green. (laughs) Oh, Edmund! Can it be true? That I hold here, in my mortal hand, a nugget of purest green?
0: (laughs) Indeed you do, Percy, except, of course, it's not really a nugget, is it? It's more of a splat.
2: Well, yes. A splat today, but tomorrow, who knows? Or dares to dream? So we three alone in all the world can create the finest green at will. <laughs> Just so. I'm not sure
0: about camping in Baldwick, actually.
2: Of course, you know what your great discovery means, don't you, Percy? Perhaps, my lord. That you, Percy, Lord Percy, are an utter Burke.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um... yeah, yeah, yeah. To think that I hold <laughs> in my hands a negative, pure <laughs> green. <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
0: Bit of black adder, um, guys. Go on.
1: Now, um, because I haven't mentioned this for a while as well, and um, we, we mentioned alchemy completely by accident, um, alchemy is not just concerned with um, turning base metals into gold, it's concerned with resolving the dichotomy between the heavenly part of the human spirit and the earthbound part of the human body, which is and an the example
0: al- of. Well, it's, it's, it's Gnostic dualism, isn't it, Doc? Yes, it is. It is. absolutely and, is Gnostic dualism. And also, my understanding, and this could, this could be osmotically drained from your soul, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is that the alchemists kind of pretended and, and, and encouraged this, this belief that all they were interested in was turning base, base metals into gold, because that kind of distracted the authorities who would have been very against what they were actually up to. Which is much more kind of spiritual and and heretical things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they spoke in metaphor about turning base things into gold, mm-hmm. and they were perfectly happy for the authorities to think they were harmless tran- cranks trying to transmute lead into gold. Yeah. What they meant by their metaphor was transforming men into gods.
0: Sure. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Just one letter off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, in other words, bringing about a, a union of the, the earthbound fleshly human being mm. with his heavenly spiritual counterpart. Wow. Um, wow. Which obviously gives rise to the Golden Dawn's um, maxim of um, know ye not that ye are gods. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair enough, Doc. Burning sense of mission, assassination, symbol of oppression. Assassinating who? Um uh, Mr. Hydrick. That's Hydrick, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think the rest is pretty clear. Dr. Lee, with the with the next uh, few lines, please go ahead.
2: Death
0: Take resistance from afar, planning the death of one. When the plot is executed, there will be nowhere to run. Ramifications will be high, a price paid in torment. The end justifies the means, to hell you will be sent. That's great. It's a great verse, isn't it? I love oh, it. Yeah. it. Oh, man alive. I mean, this is just fucking war movie shit, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Uh, oh. and the, not often you hear the word ramification in the thrash song, and I, and I, 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 I heartily approve.
1: Definitely. Um, Yeah. You hear the phrase ram it down occasionally. Not, not necessarily ramification. <laughs> um, the first word in that verse,
0: how's it spelt in your copy of the lyrics? On, let me have a look. Uh, well, check. Yeah. C-Z-E-C-H. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought. Um, in my yeah. copy of the lyrics, it's C-H-E-C-K.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. Um, oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So interesting, um, if you like, three verses in, and this is the first explicit reference we've got to where this is actually taking place. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Um, After the invasion of Czechoslovakia, um, a large proportion of the the Czech government um, relocated to the UK. By complete coincidence, where they relocated to is a building on George Street in West London, which is currently for sale if you want to buy it.
0: Uh, A paltry uh, three million or so? What do we think?
1: I don't think that would get you like one room in the attic. Oh Christ! Okay, um, mm-hmm. it's 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 like half a block off uh, Park Lane.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. no, no, um, i pass for now, doc.
1: Yeah, um, by coincidence, I had business in West London um, on Wednesday this week, um, and I took a photograph of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Because you knew that this episode was upcoming.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. Wow, great! Oh, the that, that's, that's serendipity.
1: Um, There was another, like, sub-branch of it in, I presume, where the typists and things were, um, in another building on the corner of Ackle Road in West Hampstead.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And several years ago, I had a short contract to do, and I rented a room in that very building.
2: Wow.
0: There we go, Doc. Yeah. Um, Not not only you start raving mad, but but sometimes you've got geographical knowledge too.
1: Yeah. Um, So... The Czech government was 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 active in organising the Free Czech forces, um, and then we get another obvious link to the mythological history of southern France because the Czech forces were allied to the Free French forces, and they both played admirable parts in the reoccupation of Europe in the summer of 1944. Um, and I really like the idea that you have. In 1944, you 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 have the combination of these two mythological warrior traditions. Effectively, you have the Teutonic Knights in exile and the Knights Templar in in, in exile joining sure. forces to to reclaim their homelands.
0: It's brilliant, beautiful.
1: Um, that sort of that 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 goes that, that goes straight to my occult heart.
0: Mm. What does that um, I mean? The the end justifies the means. The, 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 the assassination is justified? Is it is, is is that what they're talking about?
1: Um the the ends, um, well they know perfectly well what the they know perfectly well what the reprisals are going to be. Um I don't think any secret was made of the fact that anyone murdering a Nazi official, or if anyone murdered a Nazi official, then I think either one or ten thousand Czech citizens will be taken and gassed in retribution. The leaders of the of, of the Free Czech forces um, determined that um, getting rid of this guy, getting rid of of, of Reinhard Heydrich, um, would be worth the cost. Um, why was he such a bad man? Um, I could also spend another two hours talking about this. There's a thing that he did, um, and it's not even the most significant thing that he did, but I I, I think it speaks most about his character. Um, He organised a group called the uh, the, Anzatsgolven. And he modelled these people after the camp followers of the Swedish forces in the Thirty Years' War. The Swedish forces were professional soldiers who fought other professional soldiers, but the lasting effect of the Thirty Years' War was the fact that the Swedish soldiers allowed um, a lot of hangers-on to follow them, um, and after the fighting of the professional soldiers would, was 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 done, these hangers-on would be given free rein to rape, murder, and steal from the civilian population of the places they had been through. Um, and this was this wasn't accidental. Um, this was done specifically to economically and morally, morally ruin. The places that the Swedish army had just marched through. Um, And it's that's the thing that made the Thirty Years' War kind of the model for modern warfare, which is that's the first time that war wasn't about one army fighting another, it was about um, killing as many civilians as you could Mm -hmm. and attempting to heap economic ruination um, on the place you conquered. Um, Heydrich evidently was was, was sort of greatly impressed with, with, with this idea, and he allowed um com thugs um low lives criminals football hooligans to tag along after the SS um to brutalize the population after the real fighting was over yeah um and I, I I think that's one of the things that sort of bespeaks most of his character um it's interesting to me that whenever he was called to command in an actual fight he never made a very good job of it Sure. Um, and evidently persecuting and armed civilians was, was, was what he was, he was really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, he outmaneuvered or displaced the by all accounts, reasonably fair um, protector of um, the title is protector. I'm not saying he was actually a protector um, of Nazi occupied Czechoslovakia. Um, because he wanted to be in charge, um, he had a plan which may have been handed down from Nazi high command or may have been his own plan to, by means of extermination and militarized rape, to Germanize Czechoslovakia.
0: Sure, that, 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 that's a horrifying notion to Germanize it through rape, basically yeah, to impregnate women against their will.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, to 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 get your to get your warm bodies or your genes. Yeah, um, into the entire fabric of the country.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, and I mean, this is—I'm not saying it was an invention of Hydrix, but um, but once again, this is probably something also he he, he learned about from the Thirty Years War. Um, and I mean, this is a a technique of modern ethnic cleansing that we've we've written that we've witnessed most recently in um, in Yugoslavia in the '90s. So I mean, we're we're, we're not talking about—and I mentioned him earlier—we're not talking about Rommel, who in the end became very well known for his very fair treatment of prisoners of war, um, for his refusal to hand over Jewish prisoners, um, for his dislike of the SS. We're we're talking about as far from someone like that as you can get. Mm. Um, And if ever there was... You will hear reports that when the balloon went up and it became apparent that he'd been assassinated and the Nazis were going to start taking prisoners in reprisal. Um, There were apparently uh, 10,000 volunteers.
0: Mm. Well, I think the next verse will um, uh, almost kind of uh, confirm what you're saying there, just with the very first line here, Doc. Do do you want to give us, Doc, the first uh, eight lines? Yeah.
1: leader is now the stalked expansion state of horror guns echo over the grave a thousand fates are sealed murderous power brought to an end only to rise again cold and restless and iron will protectorate of the dead
0: there we go doc now that that wolf leader thing that, that kind of speaks to what you're saying there doesn't it you know not not a popular not a popular figure basically I love these guns echo over the grave. That's beautifully um, evocative.
1: Yeah. Um, what was very interesting is that the the assassin, and this, this also gives you an idea of how disquieting even other Nazis found this character. There was something approaching a police investigation by actual detectives, and there was something approaching justice and fairness. Um, in actually attempting to track down and prosecute the people who are responsible for the assassination. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not trying to come over with Nazi apologia. There's a very good reason why there had to be a police investigation and why there had to be a trial. The weapons that were used to assassinate Heydrich were a Sten gun um, and a Mark uh, Mark 7 mine. Um, which were objects manufactured in Great Britain. The Nazis would have dearly loved to have had not merely the evidence of a weapon, um, but a free and full confession from a humanely treated prisoner um, that the assassination attempt was backed by the government of Great Britain. Because if the Nazis could implicate the government of Great Britain in conspicuous terrorism in an occupied territory, that would then give them free reign for unrestricted war, um, making use of chemical weapons, biological weapons, making use of unrestricted action against civilians um, in the mainland of the UK. Um, And that was why they greatly desired to have this prosecution. Um, Yeah, just that.
0: Wouldn't they have had to have invaded Britain first before they could enact that.
1: Well, uh, they would have had the means to have, uh, like by this time, they, uh, they would have had the means to have dropped things such as typhus bombs yeah. or bubonic plague bombs. They would have had seen themselves as having free reign to put paratroopers into lightly populated areas and just start butchering civilians. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the one thing that was holding them back is that they were... They were still kind of bound by the usages of war mm. at that point. Um, and there were certain Nazis who would dearly have loved to have obtained evidence that Great Britain was involved in supporting terrorism in occupied territories.
0: But, but they send over, let's say, 20 paratroopers, you know, and they drop them from a plane to go and cause chaos in, in a particular town or village. That's a suicide mission, isn't it? Because they'll eventually be stopped. Um,
1: A lot of frontline combat is a suicide mission.
0: I suppose that's true, yeah. yeah. Um, By default, I guess.
1: A a lot of it is, but um, in a country that deems itself secure, um, you spread bubonic plague um, throughout Sheffield or Birmingham. Mm. Um, You're going to cause massive economic damage. You're going to, um, at the very least, you're going to have to close factories.
0: Sure. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sure, yeah. And closing factories would would presumably mean, uh, you know, um, lessening the supply of munitions, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: I mean... I I, I see the strategy.
1: A a country such as Great Britain, which is very small and very densely populated, um, I think you could wreak a lot more havoc with a relatively small commando force operating underground. Sure. Um, I mean... uh, for instance, the main centres of population and the centres of industrial production and agricultural production are linked by not very many railway lines. Yeah, a, really coordinated, a really coordinated effort, and you can break the railway links between Crewe and Manchester and Sheffield um, and the food producing centres around Bristol.
0: I, d- I, d- I read a very kind of histrionic article that, that, that suggested that kind of four missiles could take out pretty much the the, the national grid.
1: Um, you wouldn't even have to do that um, if you've seen threads, which you have. I have. Um, then you know that one small nuclear missile dropped on a large population centre would completely overwhelm the capacity of the NHS for a year.
0: Mm, yeah, it's true, Doc. Here we go. Last few lines. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Thorough sweep, prelude to death, secrets kept but no one left. Firing squad begins their work, harsh reprisal for what you took. Retribution, selective terror, the stench of death is everywhere. A severed head, a floating mass will give me answers to what I ask. I mean, there's, there's two lines there that stand out to me. I'm pretty sure you can guess what they are.
1: Um, a severed head, would that be one of them? Yeah,
0: and a floating mass. The, those two lines together. What? What? what the, the, I've always heard those words in this song, and, and and always wondered what 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 they're actually referring to.
1: Um, a severed head. So,
0: figurative, I suppose, isn't it? Because he's been assassinated.
1: Uh, it's figurative, um, referring to um, as the mafia call it Capistrama. Um oh. So. You you cut off the head of an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Nazi propaganda had always referred to the Jewish conspiracy as 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 a, a, a Hydra-headed conspiracy. In sure. other words, when you cut off one of its heads, two of them grow back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, the idea that you can eliminate an occupation or an organisation by eliminating its chief is historically dubious. Um, at best. There are numerous reports of the efficacy of assassinating Adolf Hitler and the great concern was um, that for as long as he was alive, the Third Reich was being led by an unstable and incompetent lunatic. And If sure. they got, if, if got rid of him, they might have installed someone much, much better.
2: It, 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 it,
0: there's a great Stephen Fry book. I can't remember the name of it, which 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 it's it, it, this exact premise where somebody kind of, well, it, not 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 exactly the same, but somebody goes back in time, just like um, uh, Nocturnus always dreamed of, and, yeah. and, and 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 kind of kills Hitler when he's a child, um, but he's replaced by somebody much much worse. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Um, so. And I mean, this is true of revolutions and wars of independence all over the world, all the time. Um, I mentioned um, Yugoslavia earlier on, and there the was, the was the usual outbreak of crowing when Tito was uh, was removed. Um, and we've got rid of a monstrous dictator. And my God, didn't that go well? Mm. Um, and it happened all over Africa. It happened all over South America. Um, so so but- what about this
0: floating mastock? what's that a floating mass
1: well i want to talk about the severed head for a bit longer because going back to the um the mythological origins um and remember we're attempting to we're speculatively attempting to unite two diverse but related pagan christian myths here Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um the one and the teutons is that
0: is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Um, the southern French one, or the one in the south of France, is ostensibly Catholic. The one in Bohemia is ostensibly Protestant. Um, but the figure they have in common um, is and both of these different sets of knights appear to have an affiliation with John the Baptist, um, who, of course, is best known for being martyred by being beheaded. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, and... I'm not saying that's an explicit reference to this, but both of these mythologies appear to have attached an exaggerated importance to severed heads. Um, the Knights Templar were believed to have an initiation ritual involving a skull. Um, one of the charges that was laid against them when they were arrested and tortured was that um, they, um, in their preceptories, um, they had a severed head that could talk to them and give them advice. Mm -hmm. Um, some people will be aware of the legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight um, which arose from the same sources as the legends of the Holy Grail which are now known to be German or Teutonic in origin and not British at all
2: Um,
0: Doc you asked me to keep a rein on you, you and you said you had kind of a cut off point now we're about two minutes away from it so it's up to you I'm here all night but it's down to you Doc (laughs) Um,
1: I think I'm just about done here I mean um, here's what we've talked about we've talked about um, superficially another Slayer song about Nazis yeah but it's
0: more more than that isn't
1: it it is more than that Um, it embraces for the first time in a long time a big chunk of the Slayer cosmology yeah Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it embraces some parts of European mythology and real actual European history and Middle Eastern history that I find absolutely fascinating. Sure. And I can read. <laughs> um, I don't mind whether it's real actual history or I don't mind whether it's lightly mythologized pseudo history. Um, I will probably you, you put something about any of these subjects in front of me and I will probably read it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you gave me a plane ticket to Riga or Um, Tallinn or somewhere like that and told me that I had no choice but to look around medieval castles and old synagogues and things for the next one month, Um, I'd I'd, I'd start packing right now.
2: Sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And we've... We've even managed to get some Gnostic dualism in for the first time in a few
0: weeks. We yeah, have. It's true. It's been. It's it's been too long. yeah I, I do. I do pine for it when it's not there, Doc. It's it, it is true. Um, I think these are great words. Um, I think they're powerful. I think they fit brilliantly with the with the with the music. Tom delivers them excellently, and my God, I mean, you can you, you can just tell that Jeff is involved can't you that that, you know there's Mm. there's there's deep knowledge here there's there's just there's just depth to it which which sometimes you just don't get with uh with Kerry unfortunately yeah love it doc love it love it love it you ready to move on absolutely Welcome to part four of the show. Here we're just going to do you our final thoughts and stuff, eh hey Before we do that, some details. Writing credits, Hanneman and King. Lyrics, uh, Hanneman alone. Uh, you probably guessed that, Doc. You probably guessed that. Um, according to set list, not listed, Doc. Never played live. Explain, please. Oof. Um...
1: I can understand why there are certain places in Europe where you might want not, why, why you might not want to play
0: it, um, but more no. so than Angel of Death or, you know, fucking mandatory think, suicide or whatever.
1: I think Angel of Death is unmistakably condemnatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are certain people that there are some people in certain parts of Europe who would find this track oddly measured.
0: Right, okay.
1: Oddly even-handed. War ensemble? Once again, we identify specifics in it, but I don't think there's anything in this song that must relate to a specific war.
0: Fair enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. But zero times, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, they they um, never played it in fucking Mexico? <laughs>
1: um, I, I don't know. Um, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. I mean... I, just talking about uh, why not in certain parts of Europe, I don't think you can even use the letters SS in public in Germany.
0: Uh, because there are some kind of, some law. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember this. Obviously, you know, listeners know I lived in France for a while, and there are laws in France that, that, that do not apply in Britain. You know, for example, any suggestion that... <coughs> You know the, the 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 number of Jews killed was in any way exaggerated. That is that that is potentially a prisonable offence in France. It is not a crime in Britain. You know, so yeah, different different countries in Europe have different different rules, don't they?
2: Yeah. Um, so uh,
1: there is a whole uh, uh, there is a whole bunch of things I could speculate on. Um, I I might even suggest that. The song is actually so fair-handed um, in dealing with its subject matter. If you were so inclined, you could interpret it as apologia. I don't think. I, I naturally, I don't think it is. Um,
0: no, well, you know, by that by that dint, you could accuse any historian or documentarian of being an apologist, couldn't you?
1: I'm I'm, I'm speculating wildly on maybe yeah. why they never played the song live.
0: Fair enough, Doc. yeah. Yeah. Loudwire, um, they put this in 94th position. Um, SS3 finds Slayer returning to the well of evil provided by the Third Reich. This subject matter when conveyed through Tomarea's hellhound snarl and the sinister leads of Hanneman and King never fails to instill an unsettling vibe. The riffing here is more varied than you'll find on most of divine intervention with engaging tempo changes. Ninety-fourth position, dog. That doesn't sound like a ninety-fourth position review, does it? That's fucking weird. Um, yeah, don't get
1: it. Um, can't pick can't pick a single bone with that review. I agree with nearly every word of
0: it. <laughs> but they're ninety-fourth. But it's our friend uh, Joe DeVito who fucking hates um, this album for some reason. So,
1: so I mean, like, what's his deal when when Slayer are fast and intense, they're being predictable, yeah. and when they're slow and sinister? Um, the 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 breaking character. You know,
0: he just fuck. He just fucking hates this album. I've said it before, Doc. He's the wrong. He should not be writing fucking reviews for this album because he just he does not understand it in any way. I would.
1: I would like you, if possible, to do a bit of research once again in time for the album review, because I I fell for. I, I don't remember how I fell for this somehow. This album's got a lot of haters. Yeah, I know and yeah. I don't and listening back to it and doing this project I don't understand why I kind of fell for it I thought I didn't like this album mm-hmm. and the more I listen to it the, the more I realise how little I've listened to
0: it well i, d- I just made a note Joe DeVito. why does he and why do he and others hate it and that'll just remind me to have, yeah. a, little delve, have a little delve doc yeah any last thoughts doc before you uh, before you wield your hideously liquescent sword in my general direction <laughs> um
1: it's another one of those songs that might be the definitive Slayer song like um, if you were only allowed four Slayer songs to take with you Mm. um, all right very much like um, my first trip to Czechoslovakia on school Mm. cultural exchange Um, Uh and um, I could I could I could probably only afford two fresh cassette tapes um, and I had to make every minute of every cassette tape count because I didn't have that much luggage i wasn't allowed to take that much so if i'm confined to four slayer songs that i can take with me for the next six weeks this is going to be one of them
0: wow okay uh-huh and how does that equate into swords doc oh, 10 oh ten wow oh swords. blimey oh, oh. did you hear that Wolf? hear that universe the doc has just dropped A 10, it doesn't, it happens so rarely, is (laughs) worthy of note. Doc, that's your first 10 of the album. And of course, inevitably, inevitably, I'm going to follow suit. It's a 10, mo, mouldering skulls of demented, third-right fucking evil for this song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely sensational. I love this song so much. Yeah, Uh, it's definitely Is
1: is this mouldering, like, uh, uh, (laughs) I've I've got an image of these 10 mouldering skulls, obviously... Um, wearing Nazi helmets.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, really, think of those lost souls from Doom. Yeah, yeah. Float. They're on fire. They've got leathery wings. They've got. A, they've got a like a, a fucking Nazi helmet on and a big swastika at the front.
1: Um, right now, I don't think this is actually a thing, but what I'm thinking of is World War II pressed steel Nazi helmets, but with World War One Prussian spikes on the top.
0: Oh, now we love that. Don't we? Now we do like a nice Prussian spike, don't we? Yes. Let's be honest. I, I, don't, a- think anybody. I,
1: I don't think those helmets existed. But we wish they
0: did. <laughs> anybody with any militaristic nostalgia loves a good Prussian spike. Let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> let's be fair. <laughs> Doc, um, I think we're done, aren't we? I think so, yes. Don't forget, guys, contact us on Twitter at VairCast or an email at slag at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll be talking about track eight from this album. Track eight, doc. we're nearly there already.
2: Oh. And then,
0: by the way, we're going to get into the thorny issue of um, Undisputed Attitude, but maybe we talk about that off air, what we're going to do about yeah. um, <clears> that. But the next track is called Serenity. In murder. Gonna be there, doc. Of course I am. See you then, brother.